0: Hey friends, before the show, I'd like to plug the store of our friends at Terracotta Distribution. At their storefront, shop com. You'll find a wide range of Asian DVDs and Blu-rays from Kim Kidak to Jackie Chan from Ho Shen to Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell aka The Japanese Evil Dead. This was even put out on a limited run VHS, folks. New titles are being added regularly and if you go to shop.terracottadistribution.com and enter the discount code POFN 10 that's pofn N one zero. this gives podcast on fire network listeners 10% off at checkout the discount code is p-o-f-n-10 and visit shop.terracotta distribution.com for more and let's get on with the show mabel chung and alex law make their jackie chan movie but it's the story of his family and china's turbulent history and it's in documentary form my name is Kennedy, with me is Tom KW and this is the director series episode thirty-two on Mabel Chung's Traces of a Dragon. So welcome back to this unusual episode of the director series where a documentary is our main focus and it may not be the most sort of vivid special effects crazy action filmography we've uh, talked of on this show but I've enjoyed going back and rewatching and watching some films of the duos for the first time and uh, the two episodes that are left after this will be completely new experiences for me as well as uh, next episode we'll be discussing Alex Law's Echoes of the Rainbow and then we'll conclude the series with a tale of three cities which is the duos last movie uh, to date. It's from uh, 2015. So uh, it's uh, still a filmography I wanted to um, revisit and uh, discover some additional parts of it. So it was good uh, to have you on board for um, um a versatile uh, type of filmography even if you haven't gotten on with all the movies uh, per se but you you actually deserve credit for traces of a dragon i might have bumped into it in research but i might have missed it and you mentioned that oh she directed a documentary and i was not aware of it at all and hopefully i would have caught it but at, I, I can't assume i would have so it's, it's thanks to you really that i remember that we we gotta cover of a doc if it's available English subtitled and it was and here we are so thanks for that.
1: Oh stop you stop with that come on you would have found it I know you and your research you would have found it in the end I mean it is listed on HKMDB so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's not uh, hidden away I, I mean it played there uh, I I I think it played uh, theatrically to some in some shape or form it was not a China TV only. Thing, Uh, so uh, Mm, it it played
1: the Berlin Film Festival, I think, from what I've read.
0: Yeah, it uh, did. Did you say Birmingham or Berlin?
1: Berlin. I wish Birmingham. I've probably been there. It
0: it did because they did a um, press conference at uh, the Berlin Film Festival. uh, uh, The three of uh, Jackie, Mabel, and Alex. Lots of questions for, for Jackie Chan, but that's the way. That's the way it goes. So.
1: Well, I mean, I, when I first initially saw it, I didn't kind of put two and two together, really. It was, you know, thinking it was Maeva Chung that directed. It's only kind of when I did check the filmography when once we started this director series, it kind of put two and two together. I went, oh, yeah, she she directed that as well. So, um, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's as you say, a very interesting film for the show. Have you ever covered a documentary before on Podcast on Fire?
0: In the show's no, history? I don't think so. I mean, not in... Um the main first. fashion i mean i might have mentioned that i watched something in a sort of last movies watched yeah. uh, way but uh and uh, i reflected on it because on, on my site i haven't done much of it either um the only thing i remember uh, reviewing in documentary form was this uh, quite acclaimed um, documentary that barbara Wong did called women's private parts which was about um, uh, women and their their sexuality. And it was a sort of thing, well, I like her feature movies. Uh, She did did, uh, narrative movies too. So let's see if I can put together some thoughts on this. You know, I might be able, I might not be able. And in the end, I put some thoughts together, whether they're any good or not, who knows. But um, that's the only sort of case I can remember. Uh, Yeah, that's probably it. At any rate, um, we're going to head into this, but first of all, some contact info, and I'm going to do mine last, because um, even though this is months away in terms of uh, between recording and release, Tom still has an announcement, because uh, he's not content with just being on uh, this podcast. He's created one. Of his uh, very own podcasts, uh, with, I'm pregnant. Uh, <laughs> we're pregnant with podcasts. So, do your sales pitch to the listeners. What is it called? What is it about? Why did you do it? Do you like? Do you like, do you like doing it?
1: I'm not selling. No, it's absolutely terrible. Um, I hate it. Um, I'm just a masochist, and I'm not selling it. It's completely free. Take it or leave it. Was that pretty good?
0: No, do it properly. What What is it called?
1: It's called the Lager Logs. Points of View with Tom and Stu. It's a new podcast.
0: That sounds like it's about adult beverages.
1: It might be. We're yet to cover that. Um, <laughs> uh, it would make sense it being the uh, the title, yeah. Uh, but it's me and, and my good friend, uh, Stuart Sutherland. I think you know who that is, Ken. I think we're, met.
0: we're eternally grateful to Stuart Sutherland indeed. <laughs> so how did uh, this uh, come about? And I know, but the kind people do not know uh, uh, where uh, sort of a, a logger podcast. Well, it's it's a it's a not ch- a chat show, but you chat, but you frame it around testing out um, mostly cheap beer.
1: But well, that's how it started, yeah, we'll be getting onto some more mediocre stuff, uh you know, more kind of middle ranged uh beers in the future, but that's kind of how it started. I mean, come on, everyone's unemployed, there's no jobs, there's no money around you know what do you want from us. We're not going to be discussing Chardonnay on the show. It's uh, it's going to be <laughs> whatever we can find in the streets. Yeah, so it's basically in the format of two guys getting together on Skype. And it's, it's you know, as you said, kind of reviewing uh, beers and, and having a, a, a darn good time doing it. And it basically spawned out of, our Skype uh, kind of weekend get togethers when we'd have a few and kind of uh, shoot the shit, which you were involved with, Kenny, very vital part of that as well. And
0: I was the sober one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is not an enviable position after four hours of Tom KW like downing at least seven or eight uh, cheap loggers. By by hour three, you're a nightmare, Tom. By the way.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that. Um, I've had that in the past. But you rebound yeah,
0: we'll... in hour four. You 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 gain clarity during hour four for some reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not new information to me, Ken. But thank you for for letting me know. Um, yes. Yeah, so me and Stuart are clearly the the most idiotic out of the bunch because we've decided to. Um, start to do it but in podcast form and for the lovely people out there to uh, listen to and check it out so yeah it's um, so, so is there a
0: grading system involved uh, since you taste test on the show like yeah, this is three out of five whatever
1: or... no we're not no nothing too complicated like that, that sounds like too much work it's uh, <laughs> it's basically just the best beer banter britain has to offer
0: and not running for four hours, by the way, listeners. They are disciplined, lads. They they keep it to an hour.
1: <laughs> Some areas of life, yes. Uh, no, we're trying to keep it, yeah, you know, just nice and breezy they drink really fast to get a mask yeah, on we, we try to yeah we try to yeah just um something that we kind of you know me and me and Sue both love doing getting together and having a laugh and and we just thought we'd kind of translate translate that into a podcast form and if there's anybody out there that wants to listen to it we uh we appreciate it we pretty much just did it for you know our children and our legacy that's what we did it for
0: uh, the links and all of that will provide will be provided in the show post A little tweet about said that uh, it's not just an audio podcast; you're doing a video production as well. There
1: might be, yes, going forward. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, YouTube videos uh, for the show going forward. Uh, we're concentrating primarily on the kind of audio for the first season because, yes, we have we have a game plan, uh, Ken. And, yeah, hopefully kind of in the future there'll be more video stuff. Um, But for now, it's just kind of the... uh the little seed that will blossom into a, a glorious sunflower in the future.
0: Well, I'm not doubting you. I'm sure this is an empire in the, in the Matrix. So I'm not <laughs> doubting it.
1: I won't go that far, but uh, yeah, it's uh, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Love doing it. And um, logs
0: certified. It's going to be like on on uh, cans in the future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream, buddy. That's the dream. But yeah, man. So uh, and we're still waiting to. Um, Hear back from you that invitation to get you on.
0: Uh, well, it's it's not happening with video anyway. That, you know that you, you're gonna have to display uh something else in the video window. That's not happening.
1: Well, no, just the podcast form. That's a, that's a yes then. Yeah.
0: Would you really want someone who's not even of gonna course. drink an
1: ounce of alcohol? You could pretend. You're part of the original <laughs> um, line. I'm super
0: drunk now. I mean, I mean, there are alcoholic-free beverages. Of course, I can try
1: that. Yes. Join us join us for October there could be some things in the pipeline as we've discussed some very interesting things in the pipeline
0: well well I'm happy this uh, went from desire Mess. to be so no, no, no. <laughs> uh, the desire to be social with your friends and thinking this is gold let's let's do it but like condense it a little <laughs> it
1: wasn't, bit wasn't really that but yeah. No, it, no. it was it was idea
0: you know what idea to execution is one of my favorite concepts and you you tick those boxes my friend
1: yeah, our uh, our heads were hanging in the gallows uh, as we speak, <laughs> ready for the chop. Yeah, but no, check it out. Um, as as Ken said, uh, if you're into beer, if if you're not, you're just like two people just talking nonsense for half an hour. You know, maybe check it out if you're into that.
0: Of course, you should listen. So uh, head head out head out to the Logy Logs find it wherever you get your podcasts and uh, all that good stuff. But we'll link to the website and. Uh, uh the the website hub of it So check it out. Uh, for all your Podcast on Fire network needs including the back catalogue of the director series on uh, directors such as Mabel Chang, uh, Kirk Wong, David Chang Nam-Nai Choi and more directors coming in the future. Uh, go to podcastonfire.com. Uh, we have other shows on Hong Kong cinema, Korean cinema, Japanese cinema, sleazy movies. We do bonus episodes every now and again. And if you have any uh, questions or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can do that on email fire at googlemail.com Have you seen the documentary in question on Jackie Chan Traces of a Dragon let us know and uh, you can also interact with us and share feedback on uh, social media such as our Facebook group we also have a Twitter account so you can access that easily by following our uh, the handy buttons at the top of our website that will get you to our page and uh, to our group and all of that and um, you uh, can also click on the um, Instagram and iTunes button to reach our um, respective feeds that way and i write about a variety of uh, hong kong and taiwanese movies on sogoodreviews.com and uh, my tweets are available at sogoodreviews so let's get going with uh, the rundown first of all uh, so coming up first in the quick takes section we briefly talk of the uh, 2001 drama from our duo at hand uh, called beijing rocks which was directed by mabel Cheung, as well as their contribution to the one colon 99 shorts movie project and their short movie was called hong kong pilots and then we uh, start the traces of the dragon section that has some production uh, background notes and we then conclude the episode by reviewing the documentary i don't know if there's any other supposed way you should you should dub uh, say that um name of that short movie project one colon 99 so uh, but uh you know they they are num (laughs) they are numbers and there's a colon in there so i'm gonna call it one one colon 99 we'll go with that but uh, we'll we'll first uh, do the uh, baking rocks uh, quick take. So I'll uh, I'll start us off. Um, uh, a, a few factoids that it, uh, it, it didn't make much money there in uh, two thousand and one. It had about half a million Hong Kong dollars uh, gross at the uh, Hong Kong uh, box office, and um, I don't don't know what the gross was in China if it was any better. Uh, but uh, mid link to decent reviews, single out its mix of Hong Kong production values and an apolitical story, considering it is set in China, um, and it's set amidst the underground music scenes. Uh, And it also brings together worlds such as American Chinese, Taiwanese, and mainland Chinese, because the uh, the movie stars Daniel Wu, Xu Kei, and uh, the China lead is uh, an actor called Geng Le. It was in the end nominated for five Hong Kong Film Awards, including for Best Picture, but this was the year of Shaolin Soccer's reign at the box office and awards. but it, as is often the case with the Hong Kong Film Awards, they put focus on a variety of films. And July Rhapsody by Anne Hoy won the Best Screenplay that year, for instance. And uh, uh, Karina Lam at least got the Best New Artist Award or Best Actress Award. Uh, that was a breakout uh, performance. Uh, so as for my short opinions, uh, I'd side with the middling uh, out of the reviews. Uh, uh, it's, it might be an early example, because um, I don't remember... That clearly of a China-Hong Kong cooperation, uh, but, but it certainly doesn't have the common, it, it's not a common feel present here uh, for Hong Kong production that it's uh, almost entirely mainland Chinese-based, uh, being from 2001. Its uh, setting and uh, uh, the, the script surrounding the underground music scene, it might have come from The duo being infatuated, uh, having uh, gone to gigs and uh, experienced the scene. So what drama do you crawl from that? And I I don't don't think there's that much compelling drama. I mean, for me, it's not that relatable. Um, And maybe it's hard for a Hong Kong film fan to relate to the underground music scene in Beijing. But, but it's also about uh, Daniel Wood's character um, trying to find inspiration, so he goes to China, but he also has to uh, leave uh, Hong Kong because he's committed a little bit of a crime. So uh, he's waiting for his uh, day in court. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, we know they're good at crafting drama, so it's, uh, it they're, they're, there's always potential there, of course, but I don't think um, the instincts pay off very well. There's multiple instances of characters talking uh, to us, uh, breaking the fourth wall, and there's, uh, they're, they're sitting on green screen, so there's... Uh, uh, various uh, funny things and thematic things happening around them as they talk. I mean, uh, it's, it's sort of a pre-Snapchat filters going on here across <laughs> Daniel Wu at one point yeah. because he has a bread over his face at one point. So I'm thinking like <laughs> M- Mabel Chung and Alex Law saw something um, back there in uh, 2001.
1: So into the future, yeah.
0: So I, I don't think that works very well because w- what they're talking about is kind of... Um, it's not direct at all times. So I couldn't really connect to the character drama an encouraging bubbly shuchi helps uh, as a character which is very encouraging there there is bursts of enjoyable interaction and a sweet atmosphere but um we we don't get that uh, i i couldn't really attach to the drama I, I only got like brief glimpses into the drama and therefore i didn't care fully that that whole picking himself up uh, after failure uh, as Daniel Wu's character does, uh, that template I can really connect uh, into. and uh, I mean, it's a unique look-in, of course, uh, with the atmosphere uh, surrounding the underground rock uh, scene, uh, uh, because they're, 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 it's kind of a mixture of punk bands and progressive rock or whatever. So, um, And there's little unique touches that you would per- perhaps only get on the, on the mainland. Uh, there, there's a quite a good scene where they're being arrested by the police, and uh, they're contemplating whether it's worth pursuing going up the administrative ladder you know because uh Shuchi has been arrested for uh, busting someone's head open, but they, they they measure the wound and say oh not wide enough so it's not worth going up the administrative <laughs> ladder so I thought that,
1: that's that's kind of funny not really focused on comedy though is it? it's primarily kind of drama focused
0: conflict with father fathers is one thread and uh, that is naturally played and they know how to play that but this um, and, and there's romance, of course. Uh, Danny Wu's character gets, um, you know, gets closer to Shu Qi's character. And there's a wonderful shots of her washing her hair in the river That's, and being, being all lovely as she is. I know people don't like her or her voice, but I absolutely adore her and I think she's a wonderful actress. And and those are lovely images in their simplicity. But the the movie finds a little bit of footing in the second half, but it's not truly engaging. With, you know, the rocker that Geng Le, place uh, and his father issues and um, his uh, rejection by uh, record companies it's there but um, i've seen mabel chung and alex law connect with both more simple stuff before and more complex stuff um, it's a little bit of, a, of an unobtainable movie as a drama so i, I think they don't uh, sort of close the circle on that drama very convincingly it's not the fault of the setting but it's they're they're sort of struggling to uh that close that loop if you will so
1: I do find it interesting that um, Gangly's character, Road and uh, Daniel Wu's character, Michael, their kind of threads are, are mirrored throughout the film, and it's kind of like obviously two different roads, but they're kind of going through the same kind of problems in terms of the relationships with their father and kind of searching for kind of meaning really in in their life and them both trying to find the meaning in their kind of songwriting or their kind of uh, music creation but yeah I I agree with a lot of what you say again I think it's probably a tad over long and it seems a little unfocused uh, at least during the middle of the film but it's got some nice emotional beats later on and some nice imagery and some nice analogies but yeah it's it's kind of fun stuff nice vibe it's very early 2000s as you said with some of the editing and, and visual choices but I think those choices, along with the musical backdrop, keep things fresh and a bit different from your usual romantic drama, which is what it is. It's kind of what its primary primary focus is um, it less kind of on being kind of sweet and funny. It's more about the kind of yeah drama and uh, relationship between the characters and, and the kind of journey they go on.
0: Of course, um, a nice uh, dramatic role for uh, Richard, uh, playing uh, Daniel Wu's um, father. So, uh, and, and those beats are nice. I mean, the, then it's about family and drama. And that's why the second half, I think, has some of the stronger beats. But it's it's uh, beats that come, come in bursts. And uh, we haven't had this momentum in the movie. Uh, I was lacking that, uh, to be honest. Uh, uh, so, So it's not like... Just because they break the fourth wall, everything falls down. But it's that's one of the choices that doesn't really pan out. And they actually extend the fourth wall stuff to, to bit characters uh, from the band. Yeah, it's a bit indulgent, I think.
1: Um, I found it weird that they would pick... I think is it the drummer uh, to do have one of those kind of speaking to camera moments, but none of who's not really a main character in the film doesn't really get a lot of screen time um, and have him over the rest of the band have that moment is, is often often. But what I found strange um, with the film, uh, you would think that maybe they shot those face to faces with the rest of the band Um and just picked his out of all of them, but yeah, it's, yeah. it does.
0: Why not give Richard one of those uh, scenes? So while you're at it, <laughs>
1: put bread on his face. I'd love to see that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I found that a bit odd. Um, but you, I, as I said, but they probably filmed those face to faces with the rest of the band and, and possibly left it on the editing room floor because, as I say, it is a bit bit long and it's kind of one hour and you know fifty minute version that that, 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 that this is. I'm, I'm assuming and possibly might have been a, a bit more footage.
0: There is a um, an alternate ending to the film that doesn't involve the band, but um, uh, we obviously won't discuss that here. But it's a bit um, runs a few minutes extra and uh, sort of closes the loop, I think, uh, romantically. But um, it doesn't do that convincingly, however, to be honest. So uh, it looked like uh, it might have been in a festival version at one point because that ending had one of those English only burned-in subtitles, you know, Mm, uh, rather than uh, Chinese and English. Um, and speaking of the subtitles, they're, they're actually very good. Um, they, they do give us an insight that Daniel Wu's character doesn't grasp um, Mandarin that well. So he they they help us out because he apparently in, instead of saying nice, he says lies. Instead of saying sprite, he says spit. You know, so and and that's always helpful when that can be translated. Because um, I don't know how hard how hard that is. Obviously, not knowing Mandarin or Cantonese, and then having to translate. Mispronunciations into English so it, it, it's nice that um, we understand that and Daniel and everybody I think are, are sync sounds so they're going with flawed Mandarin
1: yeah it's not an amigo but it's quite close true
0: <laughs> sure, sure. it seems accurate you know um, so and, and it's good that it's structured errors rather than actual errors that uh, I'll, I'll have a whatever and sprite and then the subtitles say I'll have a whatever and spit. You know, so it's it's not an actual error like it would have years earlier, I suppose. So, uh, so, so yeah. Um, that's uh, I suppose uh, a quick take for Beijing Rocks. So we're gonna do another quick take for the shortest uh, film. ...little film that they've uh, ever made, I suppose, the uh, duo. It's called Hong Kong Pilots from 2003. It's a short movie part of that's part of the 1 colon 99 collection. That was a benefit project with uh, revenues going to charitable organization... ...in the wake of the SARS outbreak. Uh, and um, e- even though there was a global alert uh, at that point in time... Um, uh, the highest death toll was across mainland China and, uh, and uh, Hong Kong uh, so uh, they, they, they were kind of struggling and uh, 2003 was also the year that came with the loss of mega music and movie star Lester Chung and at the very end of the year I, I mean, Anita Moy lost her battle against uh, cancer so
1: what a dreadful year
0: so they, um, they've been going through it and uh, obviously have um, been going through multiple things uh, since including Corona of course but uh, so, in the midst of uh, that low that was um, present during the outbreak, uh, Hong Kong's best and brightest in the entertainment industry decided to encourage its uh, populace by spreading the um, eleven pieces of uh, One Colon Ninety Nine shorts across uh, the region. Um, I, I gather it wasn't just a DVD, but maybe they were on TV or online or whatever. So, um, but, but it was all gathered on a DVD. It featured pieces by Johnny Toe and Ykafai, Fruit Chan, Teddy Chan, Choi Hak, Stephen Chow, Joe Ma, Gordon Chan and Dante Lam, Brian Che, who is one of the creators of the McDowell series, and Andrew Lau and uh, Alan Mack. And finally, uh, Mabel and Alex also added Hong Kong Pilots, starring Anthony Wong. And it uh, lost uh, a minute in the original version, and the director's cut lost two. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how you found the time, Tom, but uh, the, it, because they, they have they have a thing of a DVD, a few of the shorts are extended a little bit, including this one. And it's obviously not something you can dislike uh, because it's made for a fine purpose. You know what I mean. So um, it's it's obviously a, a, a nice. Uh, a nice little short with an uplifting uh, uplifting aura. It echoes nostalgia. It uh, has a child's perspective on a city in crisis as um, helicopters pass by. And we see images of um, health workers being, um, care workers being celebrated to get the, the appreciation they, they certainly deserve. So it conveys that mood. And the child knows how to respect that. But he also talks of how his past elders got to Hong Kong what champions they were, how hard they worked. Um, They uh, had uh, uh, occupations uh, in air, on bicycles, as uh, immigrants. And you realize after a while, he's not speaking of those professions specifically, it's how he sees it, that uh, they were flying, they were riding bikes. And now dad is working at a hospital, driving chariots. And we see Anthony Wong roll out trash containers, uh, working at a hospital either as a volunteer or simply as a janitor.
1: I wish it looked as cool as, as he did wearing a face mask, but I don't. <laughs> I really do.
0: Um, and, and the kid waiting for his dad, you know, represents encouragement as well. So there's nothing to dislike here. There's a nice mix of um, stock footage, uh, archival footage from history and uh, just a nice atmosphere. And, and the director's cut adds, um, it, it, it's, um, it's not as frantically paced, of course. it can add a few things and slow things down a little bit. Um, you know, you see the kid watches journalists run towards a helicopter where the appreciation of healthcare workers press event is going to take place. So it seems like the kid understands that there, there's a thing in actual reality that goes on here. It's not making up that as a fantasy. Um, and then we have some more archival footage and explanatory dialogue as the kid talks of his family. So th- that's the sort of difference in the regular versus the director's cut. So it's it's all very nice. And obviously this was not a review that we placed here and uh, it was not meant as a takedown of the short movie, obviously not. <laughs> uh, and neither of the pieces are in, the, in that short uh, movie collection. Uh, some of them are quite quirky and some of them are literally just... Um, you know we're here for you, and uh, please be strong. They, they they turn to the camera. Some of the actors in some of the shorts, and some of them are little narrative bits, and uh, they're they're very. It's a very good collection of uh, of stuff. Anyway, Hong Kong pilots. Um, so uh, l- l- let us hear your thoughts on the, on this little short movie.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with what, a lot of what you say, Kenny. It's 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 such a hard thing to judge a one minute short and the you know entire project itself because it's obviously made for charity and it comes and goes so fast it's difficult to even kind of wrap your head around you know what what you've seen but i think to say right off the bat it really adds some weight watching this film in the times we're living in it's it's so strange how life works like that we didn't choose to cover this film because of similarities between uh the SARS outbreak and the covid pandemic we're living through at the moment but it's it's just fallen like that due to obviously our, own, our ongoing coverage of, you know, the Alex's filmography. But yeah, for me, some of the visuals, um, some of the imagery struck me really hard as it's things we're seeing on the news and in the papers and out there in, in the real world at the moment. So,
0: and, and to be able to communicate that only during a few seconds is a pretty nice little uh, confirmation that they're doing well here.
1: Yeah, I think it works primarily on, on a visual level. But I think, um, you know, some of the some of the um, shorts do have kind of very kind of loose, loose narratives. Um, But again, they're they're so short, it's hard to kind of even even judge them on that. I mean, uh, the short itself obviously makes a bit more sense watching it within the context of the film. Um, I think without the context of of the rest of the shorts, it's kind of a bit odd to kind of figure out what's what's going on. But I I did uh, notice as well that it it shares some footage with um, Traces of a Dragon.
0: It does. Because she maybe had gone through that and presumably had still the rights to use uh, some of the historic uh, footage there 's a bit where a soldier hands a baby across a bob wire mm. fence some that's uh, not a dead baby i think i don 't think it 's just a matter of uh, handing someone 's parents a baby uh, so she uses that in traces of a dragon and here as
1: well, yeah, using a lot of that kind of powerful imagery that that she must have um, those guys must have attained for for the documentary but Yeah, as I said, the director's cut's just got a bit more breathing room in the editing department. Shots linger for a longer time. There's no new actual scenes from what I could tell it's just kind of uh, extended here and there but yeah I mean it's it, it's nice it was nice seeing you know all of uh, your favorite actors in one place and a lot of your favorite directors coming together as well so I think it's you know I don't know whether it would be something that could ever happen in the west it's just so nice that you know in Hong Kong the Hong Kong film industry stepped up and, and kind of made it happen which is uh, yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing man it's a beautiful thing. Yeah
0: you can't um, complain when uh, it simply feels nice. Yeah, but uh, there's <laughs> but uh, it, it simply feels also uh, like, like there's effort here and um, some quirky stuff but ultimately um, uh, there's effort here and um, there's warmth here and it's, it's, it's certainly anthony uh, hanging out with his son there for a couple of seconds is uh is very nice you know he's uh done his uh hard days uh, hard days work and um his son is waiting for him so you know that's all nice
1: heartwarming stuff buddy
0: um, so that's the Quick takes. So let's move over to the main section here that's uh, gonna be about Traces of a Dragon with the added subtitle uh, Jackie Chan and his Lost Family. I suppose that's the uh, full title of the documentary. Uh, So, some background uh, here. Uh, So, she turned to documentary work, Mabel, here in 2003 in the form of Traces of a Dragon, but uh, obviously she worked on it for maybe a year or so, uh, traveling all around the place and getting um, interviews done. And and the subject was uh, Jackie Chan, but uh, obviously not in the traditional sense here at um, all... um...
1: It's about Jackie Fang.
0: (laughs) Exactly, it's about Jackie Fang in actuality. (laughs) It all all tracks back to Jackie Chan's father revealing to him that... um, He was not the only child of his parents, and that he had elder siblings in China, and that his surname wasn't Chan at all, it was Fang. Or his father's surname was Fang, changed to Chan. This had apparently weighed on Jackie a bit. He sensed that it was more to the story of his family. He sensed that it was more to the story of his father. And eventually his father chose to tell him, essentially, before he passed away, he wanted to um, reveal a few things. And they're they're not nefarious things, necessarily, so it's not a documentary that's shocking uh, But but he lived a life, uh, that's for sure. Um, Mabel and Alex uh, were approached by Jackie or or his uh, company to document this uh, revelation of his family background, uh, flying with him to Australia to log material and uh, meeting his father, doing several interviews. But there was no set plan. There was no real expectation in terms of what they would capture and assemble. Sort of improvised, and then they found their thread. uh, And they were documentary filmmakers. They they hadn't been uh, in the past. I wonder if um, it's not really clear why he picked Mabel and Alex but maybe he knew of their work with Samo, and they had done Painted Faces which is about his time at the picking opera school so maybe he knew that if Sammo trusts these guys then I can trust these guys
1: yeah I think because obviously they already had experience in that area of of Jackie's past I would think that would be a good kind of uh a good reasoning for him to to pick them you're right man didn't didn't, didn't think about that
0: and it it wasn't like this sensationalized view of their time at the peak in opera school.
1: Well, you do see Jackie's pecker, so there's that. I mean, if you're talking <laughs> about sensationalism, that is in there if you, if you want to see that.
0: <laughs> the things you remember, Tom. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, despite not having a set plan, a lot of prep, the, the makers, uh, Mabel and Alex, they clearly were not afraid of the challenge. And uh, it, was, it was a project that had not, deadline necessarily there was no release date and jackie even said that nothing was set in stone in terms of getting a a wide release or anything it might just be for me i think i need to have this made and if it should be viewed by more people so be it so but it was for him it was for his family but the topic got more broad than just uh, about him Uh, this was an examination of a perceived reality turned on its head it was about the discovery of a family background the subject had no beforehand knowledge of And all the crew, I think, uh, obviously, uh, Jackie's father that's sitting on all this information and telling Mabel and Alex and Jackie for the first time. And at the time, Jackie's mother, Lily, was also ill, so Mabel and Alex figured maybe it's a good thing to immortalize the family and catch something positive that would make for a moving souvenir of sorts. And Jackie's mother did pass away during the creation of the documentary and receives a dedication at the end.
1: Yeah, very sad. And I I think Jackie's father passed away a few years after as well, didn't they, after the documentary was made?
0: Yeah, I don't know which specifically when, but uh, but yeah, he um, he lived for a few more years indeed.
1: Gives it a bit more emotional weight, you know, with that kind of added added knowledge. Seeing it, you know, in this in this day and age.
0: But he's he, he looks spry here in two thousand and two, two thousand and
1: three, and he's he's on the whiskey. He's wearing his best hat. He's he's ready to, you know, he's got a twinkle in his eyes. He he's ready to party with the crew. <laughs> I could tell.
0: Uh, they interviewed Jackie's father over a number of days and immersed themselves and uh, absorbed more and a theme for the documentary started to form from a Chinese historical perspective and eventually this would trace forward to a letter feature that uh, Mabel Chung directed and the duo made of course called The Tale of Two Cities
1: yeah yeah can't wait to get to that one
0: so that's uh, a Lao Ching Wan uh, star that they um, I don't think it's necessarily I'm going by gut feeling about Jackie's father but that kind of um, uh, turmoil that Chinese families uh, go through might have served uh, might have gone into that to create a, like a fictional narrative but um, I'm gonna keep that open for now but I, I, I still never got the feeling that this was the big biopic of Jackie's father a tale of two cities uh, but uh, we'll get to that um, the story um, they, they really picked up on the fact that the story of this family the fangs could be the story of many families in turbulent times in the 20th century, and that sets the stage for latter fiction, I think. Um, the pair also set up multiple interviews in China with uh, several members of the family. They talked to uh, Jackie's uh, father's colleagues and friends from the 1950s, and in Mabel's words, it was an enlightening process, almost like witnessing the history of modern China and colonial Hong Kong through the eyes of these people.
1: That's how it feels, yeah, it really does
0: mabel further immersed herself and set the stage um for the future but um she actually had uh, without knowing it set things in motion even earlier as she said during the making of the song sisters she watched many documentaries and archival footage depicting modern Chinese society at that time. So when it came to assemble the documentary, she had that notion of intercutting historical footage with the story of Jackie and his lost family in her mind, and that's the structure of the final edit here. So it wasn't just loose modern documentary footage, but this sort of multi-generational, decade-long thread could be crafted and was crafted. And uh, she she said said the documentary ended up being a combination of tough facts and images, images of war mixed with glimpses of a family experiencing its joy and sorrows, and she seems very grateful of the spontaneous sort of let's shoot something with Jackie, that ended up being something bigger and uh, gratifying. So they uh, they got it in the can quite effectively, which is uh, yeah, a short definitely. opinion of mine, but I'll, I'll expand on that in a little bit. So uh, even though it's a documentary, we're going to do uh, brief uh, opinions first of all. So um, what did you think uh, watching Traces of a Dragon this time around?
1: Yeah, man, this is this is my second time watching it, and I, I still find it very gripping. It's uh, it's not the most cheeriest of documentaries, but uh, a fantastic one. Uh, it's more of a dedication or more of a tribute to Jackie's parents, and in particular his father, rather than a film about Jackie himself, I find. Um, obviously, it's kind of his journey through his past, you know, retold, or you know, told uh, through his, his kind of father's eyes and what his father's witnessed, and, and it's kind of back history before he he was alive, so but yeah I, I still find it kind of gripping it's 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 basically it sits on jackie's uh father's telling of the kind of second sino japanese war and kind of what he saw and, and that's it's its primary primary primarily um it's backdrop um and it's kind of hung on there and, and the um what was happening at at the time and kind of how he basically, you know, survived it. Um, uh, nearly kind of uh, died a couple of times.
0: Yeah, he was into some. Uh, the, the 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 reveals aren't nefarious, but he was into some so semi nefarious criminal stuff. Yeah, too. <laughs> I
1: mean, well, yeah, what, what what amazing you know life is? His dad left secret agent. So his, his dad led secret agent gangster chef then. You know son to one of the biggest movie stars in the world, so so I mean yeah what an incredible journey, and yeah, I think for this time as well it it, it just works because you're kind of so interested in in his, his dad's story and what he went through and um yeah it's 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 really good and I like the kind of looser kind of atmosphere of it. I think a lot of the time they did just point a camera at Jackie's dad and it's it's him and in him and Jackie just, just talking and having a conversation, and, yep. and you can see a lot of the time. The facts being revealed for the first time to Jackie and yeah, yeah,
0: this doesn't feel like it's um, staged, uh, which no, sometimes documentaries uh, seem like they are
1: oh my god yeah, uh,
0: yeah. But, but but I agree it's a quite a solid and a gripping and despite being made with a set plan Mabel and Alex it, they, they say they found one and it shows up that they, they, they translate the story of fragmented and unknown family into a coherent thread they really feel at home as documentary filmmakers I mean they have great subjects to work with uh, um but they also had narrative in their blood obviously as a storyteller so and i also love that the fact that it is a bit loose that we're just watching jackie and his father interact and
1: um... it's real isn't it yeah it's very real some of the scenes on the beaches and uh, on the beach with them and kind of them just talking and it does feel very real and not not manufactured in, in, in the slightest and i think that really gives it a little bit of you know extra extra heart uh, to proceedings
0: yeah there's an insight into their dynamic that uh, mm. works uh, very mm. well and who knows but i don't if there's parts of the documentary that are biased that are shallow that doesn't explore the subject as well as it should but i have no eye for that i watched this and i think i got a lot from it so it's a it's a new story for me It felt very fleshed out so um, and again it doesn't feel staged and uh, i do like the sort of structure of at the beginning in particular where they place tons of police story action clips but set to a somber score almost like it's a start of a doc on the action genius
1: but tortured soul <laughs> yeah, exactly, a little bit <laughs> uh,
0: but they, uh, it, the filmmakers and of course the uh, topic at hand is um, they reveal that um, quite um, quickly uh, a neat insight by the way in terms of the behind the scenes uh, stuff as the credits uh, roll uh, Long is the Mandarin narrator of the film
1: Awesome, gives it uh, you know some more added value. You know, if if you're a fan, you know uh, of too long, it's it's nice to kind of hear him, um, yeah, kind of uh, narrate the thing. It's awesome. It's also
0: good i suppose that it's quick to give us the basic revelation before fleshing out the story that and and by jackie where he says i i wasn't the only child i have two elder sisters i have two elder brothers so jackie sort of spills the beans on what he knows but then the entire film requires further exploration and uncovering and mabel and alex need to help us along to get us to coherent levels and that's i think they quite they did quite splendidly i'd never felt lost in terms of uh, all the names being hurled at us and all the history being hurled at us they kept it very coherent and basic for my money's worth for
1: i think because they did it chronologically i think that helped proceedings because uh you know characters are introduced but it's kind of done chronologically so you kind of understand where it's going and where it's headed and and, and introduces obviously uh Jackie's kind of brothers, and it's half-brothers and half-sisters, and, and they have their moment of kind of talking about things that happen, and then they're kind of brought back at, at the end. Yeah, it, it just does kind of a full 180, 360. 360 is the one that goes all the way around? Yes. Yeah, 360. Math is hard. <laughs> so it does kind of a full 360, and then you have, like, you know, Jackie's dad interacting with his kind of half-brothers, and, and it's, it's, it's really, really... You know, interesting, but yeah, you can tell that Jackie's still got a lot of respect for his dad and and the way they kind of speak, he still sees him i don't know more of a kind of uh someone who's He's, he's still very much his son, is what is what I'm trying to say. He doesn't see him as his equal. He sees him as someone kind of on a higher plateau, someone that's kind of more kind of knowledgeable, more kind of maybe tougher than than, than he is. You could tell that he really kind of respects him, and, and that's kind of how their relationship still plays, which is just kind of kind of sweet and quite interesting.
0: He must have also come to terms if, if he felt any anger, that is not present here because they they they, they can sit and casually tell the story to the camera. But yeah. his history and Jackie isn't there like buttoned up and fuming or anything or shocked or anything. So clearly, um, that's the only prep, I suppose, that he, he's heard his story and now he wants it uh, immortalized on uh, on documentary film. But it's not staged in any way because yeah, it's just Jackie listening intently.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he, he kind of listens to his dad almost like, he, you know, he's still a kid. And uh, I find that, yeah, very... You know, very sweet, and it's um, he just he just literally just lets him kind of speak and 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 tell tell the story, and that's what I was saying. I feel it's kind of more of a, a dedication to his to his parents and the struggles they went through, and a lot of the struggles that um, a lot of I suppose people of Jackie's age, a lot of that what the struggles their parents went through at the time during the war, and I think it's yeah, as you were saying with um, saying that it's kind of more of a. You know, it was like a snapshot of that kind of time, that kind of historical moment. And what Mabel was saying about obviously seeing the history of modern China kind of just happen. You do feel like that watching it because it's Jackie's dad's stories are so detailed and the people that he encountered.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't seem like he uh, adds dramatic flair to no, uh, it. This as is, as is as what as happened. As I was uh, the target of an assassination, Yeah, just yeah. so you know.
1: And you get the people that, obviously, he interacted with, like, a lot of them. I think he speaks to the ladies who lived upstairs upstairs when he was living there with uh, Jackie and his mom at one point, and they're kind of talking uh, about it. And, yeah, it's also kind of of matter-of-fact. There's no trying to kind of make it more interesting because it doesn't have to be more interesting, kind of sweeten it up a little bit or kind of, you know, spice it up. It, it doesn't feel like it needs that. It's just literally told. The story is kind of told as it is. And it, and it?
0: I mean, thankfully, that loose vibe pays off because you never know if you just turn on the camera and uh, we don't sit him down in a fancy hotel to do an interview. We just turn yeah. on the camera. And even if he speaks to us off camera, because you can hear Mabel, you can hear Alex. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it doesn't yeah. matter. It uh, We can still be uh informative and then we have to add stuff you know without them of course uh, and i'm glad that worked out because there you never know and i suppose they didn't know but they realized meeting him that oh yeah he's hella interesting look at jackie and look at us just sitting there mouths open like jesus <laughs> really and i mean it's uh it's it's it's, it's crazy but it's also tough
1: Footage, a lot of the historical footage is tough going. Yeah, it's not as I said, it's not the most cheeriest of documentaries. I think it's got a. To...
0: It's the only sort of warning, I suppose. There are a couple of scenes of um, actual um, executions from the archival footage. Um, people are getting shot in the head uh, on the streets and uh, decapitations. There, there, there's, there's uh, photographs of decapitations, and it happens during a story when jackie's father says that he and his friends were rounded up by the japanese and that they were forced to watch these things and mabel um she isn't there to be a uh, man behind the sun sort of like um, crazy exploitation style i mean i like men behind the sun but it's tough footage and uh but but it's it's grim stuff that um someone shot back in the day in the 40s and um it, it happened so obviously it's not um it's uh something you shouldn't turn away from but uh, bear in mind I mean if you pick up the documentary and it looks like it has a lower rating there, there's some grim grim footage at points here so um yeah but 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 it's a it's an immersing story that accompanies it uh, with them being caught by the Japanese and uh, it, it gives further good insight uh, as you realize that he was put into a government position he was put into in, uh, intelligence but that didn't mean he had it made because um, no. he was hardly paid and goods were so expensive anyway so it gives that insight too that you think like well he's an agent he's a government agent i everything's settled you know no that's not the time they they were living in where that was um that made you rich
1: no it seemed like a constant scramble to survive it was constantly kind of what's my next job how am i gonna you know make money and and there's almost like a you know real kind of desperation because of the times they were living in and the conditions they were living in so it's you know as I say as I say, and move so fast and it it's so it's so kind of detailed and so and some of the things that jackie's dad says it's it's almost like i mean there is graphic footage, but it's almost like that thing of you know you could read something a description of something that's kind of horrible and it's always going to be 10 times worse in your head what you can imagine than you know what you could see and then there's some stuff that he says and it's i think that's why it's so kind of haunting sometimes it hits you so hard because again it's not stuff that you see it's obviously got the backdrop of the archival footage and i get
0: and, and i guess that footage um can be obtained because it's um it's japanese war atrocities so china isn't locking that stuff uh, no, no of so not. Uh, because uh you you would think that that stuff uh, would be uh, bolted uh, bolted up uh, well and good if it was Chinese war atrocities, but uh, that's why it's here. Um, and, and I mean, even post uh, Japanese invasion, you you had the Chinese nationalists versus the communists, and that war that that triggered that story of Jackie's father having to flee as a refugee. So that's where the family break happened. It wasn't because he left his responsibilities; he lost his family. He um, he lost track of them when we're into that story further in there really we have a great momentum here where you just sit and watch you, you're as interested as Jackie is and uh, it, it gets quite real at points as some of the one of the daughters I think um, on his uh, mother's side I think in a way, tell horrible stories during the Japanese invasion and Mabel and Alex they just presented nice raw and uncut as you know you break down there on screen you can hear I think Mabel crying off screen as well uh, and uh it's not uh this uh exploitive thing of featuring that on screen i think mabel and alex know that that's a gut punch but it's needed to form a picture of this family didn't grow apart they were torn apart
1: no of course yeah and as i mentioned that that picture that they you can put together in your head of uh you know imagining kind of the the things that that she's saying that that's it seems kind of so much worse than some of the footage in the film it's so kind of emotional again just because it's so it's so direct and it's told kind of there's no punches pulled with with, with the information so
0: words are more powerful than uh, graphic images uh, very sometimes, very, uh, very when, yeah very when tricky. you see like a human victim of uh, trying times and uh, things like that
1: uh, it must have been a hard film to make you know seeing uh as kind of how, how emotional it is and how much kind of rawness there is to to the stories um i mean yeah i mean I, you see jackie you know messing around with dad his dad on the beach and and the, the kind of stories of hunting and kind of funny stories like that but a, you know a lot of it a big portion of it is these really kind of tough stories um about these these kind of horrible times in in which he lived
0: but but we're also you know when the switch happens to the story of his mother there's positivity there uh, and uh, I would like some more
1: karaoke footage if i'm <laughs> exactly. being honest Couple more minutes would have been nice yeah they're
0: having a celebration for his mother i think and, J- and jackie does drunk karaoke at one point and well, <laughs> well he well, what what he does at one point he translates a chinese song into english like off the cuff like a, a jackie chan english not speak now and then he tries to sort of off the cuff uh translate what the uh, sort of deep philosophical meaning is of the song but it's in, in his broken english so they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're at an event where they're where there's drunk karaoke going on
1: where's the best type
0: but I like to switch you to the story of uh, his mother and his father uh, meeting because um, she was selling uh, opium because that was uh, she had to make money somehow and he arrested her for that because he was inspecting goods in um, as they came into a particular port. But he didn't, uh, you know, jail her or anything. And uh, as her story kind of got known to him, it becomes this positive sort of warm image of well, I'm I'm happy to help this girl. You know, it's it's sort of a sweet story of how, how her, uh, Jackie's father pulled uh, Lily. For, for some reason, I'm blacking on his father's name, so pardon me, but he's uh, uh, Chan and Fang. You know, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> but then the, there's a sweet story of how his father pulled uh, Lily Chan out of uh, gambling and a smoking habit and got uh, her possessions that she had pawned back. There's no mention of, and I'm glad it was, wasn't, of... That hurting her pride, that she couldn't get it back herself. She was receptive as a struggling mother to to get help, and uh, it, it's very it's very uplifting. And as I said, continually understanding because they hit the beat in that uh, the beat in, in in a very understandable fashion. How Fang became Chan because the Nationalists fled to Hong Kong after the Communists uh, won won that war or Taiwan. So um, you know he was hunted to a degree. He was an agent. So um, as I said, he was uh, he had uh, multiple assassination attempts on him, and he's got the scars to prove it. And what I didn't know, father and son have holes in their heads.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite a sweet moment, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh,
0: he uh, he had a a bullet grace off him or something like that. Uh, his father, and uh, like Jackie often does uh, with people, like fill fill the hole. And uh, so Mabel and Alex... in
1: the family. Fill my hole.
0: <laughs> it's um, quite, um, quite uh, revealing that uh, like, yeah, I, I got my hole that way. You got your hole uh, doing silly stuff in uh, Yugoslavia. So.
1: Yeah, his, his dad saw him get the hole on the set, on the set of On Regard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy.
0: And I don't think there's a repetition for us that know Jackie's story. It, it, it's not this bloated thing of the documentary where we get to... Like a ten-fifty-minute section on how Jackie transitioned into Peking Opera school. I think that feels like an immersive part of the documentary as well, for me. Even though we know more of that, but I, I for instance, didn't know that. Uh, for instance, his mother wasn't that receptive to him going into Peking Opera school, but they, but but his father was working in Australia at that point, so they had that kind of thing going on, and she was working as a maid in Australia, so. That was the choice for for Jackie, uh, so so I didn't feel like oh I know this story. Let's fast forward. I I was as immersed with uh, with that because Mabel and Alex have a good sort of flow and momentum going in the documentary anyway. So um uh, so I didn't mind that personally.
1: Yeah no no definitely. I, I, I don't think it it does repeat itself. As I say it kind of helps the chronologic chronologically kind of going through the story and obviously yeah it goes to kind of all the way to the present day and and. You know, hits upon Jackie's time in, in Peking Opera and and his dad and mom's kind of feelings behind that, and gives you a bit more of an insight into Jackie's feelings about around it as well, and kind of what he felt. Because obviously he touched upon it. I know he's probably spoke about it in the past, but he definitely touched upon it in his first autobiography a little bit. But it was nice to kind of hear a bit more about it and kind of how he felt about it. And um, yeah, some there's some kind of nice moments with him talking about it and his relationship with Samo and and Yumbo and. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I think as if you're a fan of Jackie, I think it's it, you know, it's it probably works even better because you get a lot more kind of insight into his life and a lot more of his own personal thoughts and and feelings about his life and and the the things that have been revealed to him.
0: And it's not this documentary this official documentary that we planned for ages and ages. I, I like that it and he was on board with it as well ultimately because the movie came out. I like that it was structured in the way it was um, yeah, it feels um,
1: cinematic, which I like yes. I think if it if it felt cinematic, it would maybe come off as a bit kind of false and a bit fake, but I think because of the fact it 's very kind of just kind of low key very kind of relaxed, um, I think it really works let 's let 's this kind of story just rise above and that 's kind of the main takeaway from it it doesn 't really get bogged down in any fancy editing or any you know, any kind of tricks or any kind of emotional, you know, drama. It's literally just kind of as, as real, it is, real as it is and that's kind of the main the main takeaway from the film for me.
0: I mean, seeing as it's a documentary, it's, you know, it's not about spoilers or anything, so I wanted to talk about the following because at the end comes the question of whether Jackie wants to meet his family on the mainland. And uh, I, I, I admire that this is in the documentary, which, you know, think of what you like of Jackie Chan and his ego. It doesn't show up here because when he's faced with that question of meeting his, uh, his brothers he kind of shrugs it off he looks, he looks a bit uncomfortable and he's with uh, his father at that point and his father cuts in and says it, it's not necessary, there's no ties here but I, I suppose that's when the greater viewer analysis kicks in because you, you think to yourself, well, that's your opinion today but perhaps one day you'd want to close close that loop, that circle, and I don't know if he ever did. But but it but it's not to me, Tom, cold-hearted. It's a, just an interesting psychological sort of cap that Jackie feels fine with the father have resumed, resuming responsibility, that the father located his family and restored lineage. So obviously it ends on an honorable note uh, because this is not all on Jackie to uh, close that loop of family. And, and a reunion did take place. You know, ties were restored. But he fit, he thought at that time anyway that I, 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 I don't know these people. They they would be more friends to me and yeah. it's not necessary to meet, meet them. And it sounds cruel as I talking about it but he, he is matter of fact as he says that um, no i don't it, it's not necessary so i was wondering how, how you felt if that was cold or was it made sense that he fought that way or
1: no i think it's quite healthy really to be honest it's kind of he he's he's got his own you know feelings towards it and i would think if you lived um, you know jackie was like about 40 i think when when this was made You've lived that many years on on the planet kind of thinking one thing and then it all changes, you know, within a few days or a few weeks or a few months. I think this was shot over. You would think that you wouldn't be kind of that quick to try and sh- throw your life into chaos. You know, you'd rather kind of keep it the way it is and, and take your time and really think over whether you wanted to kind of introduce yourself to new family members or introduce that kind of element in, into your life. I think it's quite brave and quite ballsy to kind of think you know no i'm kind of happy with how i am i'm, I'm happy with my life now it would obviously throw not a spanner into the works but it would obviously make things very different if i had a relationship with these with these people but it's 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 interesting yeah because it's almost like you know you, you don't really know them it's they're kind of are complete strangers so it's like you you would think of them or i would think that you would think of them as strangers.
0: And 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 it doesn't come off as him uh, uh, because the brothers are interviewed as well. They don't come off as uh, we're in the family of Jackie Chan, like pocket money, pocket money. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it, that's, not at
1: that's, all, not at all. That kind of surprises me because you think that anyone would be like that. I mean, Jesus Christ, when you found out you Jackie Chan's brother, you'd be gagging to get in touch. But they're the same. That I think they're probably the same thinking. Of Jackie, it's like your life's been like this for so many years. You know, what what difference does it make now? Yeah. It's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of an odd way of of thinking about it. But and the, and the
0: doc there doesn't need to be explicit in terms of that. That that they're they're gold diggers or anything. It simply comes off as uh, they are the persons they are, as they're being interviewed. They're they're not uh, blowhards or uh, or come off as uh, shifty or anything like that. Just uh, uh, persons that. Uh, had a connection but it seems more meaningful to them to connect to their father rather than to their brother and i think that's ultimately like the loop that closes at the end of the dock that was very satisfying uh, because they they, they had they, they film a reunion as well and their family is uh, uh, incredibly large and it doesn't need a jackie in there to complete the picture necessarily but it, but it's a very brave thing to have in the movie that he he was asked a question, he answered it, and he was not like, oh no, I'm coming off as uh, this and this, so don't put that in the documentary, no, it's kind of warts and all in that moment. Um,
1: You're right in that, but it, it is kind of, not like an expo- expose or something, but it is just kind of real and, and kind of his real emotion at that time and it's, it's captured, he doesn't really, it doesn't seem like he's thinking how he's going to be perceived on film, it's just kind of this is how I feel at the time, and yeah, it, 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 it's a kind of a brave move. I think he's he's quite well established and quite happy with his life. It, it's almost like, you know, do I need to introduce these people in, in, into my life? It's a, it's an interesting interesting question.
0: It's a conversation piece, I think. Without Mabel and Alex putting a caption on screen, now discuss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really not about that you you can take you can absorb that but you you might not even be interested in that question you might be interested more in the historical perspective
1: there's no forced yeah there's no kind of forced narrative maneuver to kind of get jackie to meet them or exactly you know anything like that you know it, it reminds me of obviously um you know An- anthony wong and and him meeting his brothers his australian brothers but there was always a difference there with Anthony and I think from what he said in um like interviews stuff there was kind of an emptiness in his life and he kind of always thought you know I really wanted to meet these people and you know was always kind of uh striving for that connection and obviously eventually eventually did and and it's kind of just different I suppose It, it that that kind of it shows kind of people's different feelings on the matter and Sometimes it depends on kind of what's deep down inside you emotionally and how you feel, how, how you need to pursue it. There's not really any right or wrong way of, of kind of dealing with a revelation like that. It's kind of how you deal or how you feel you know, deep inside.
0: It. Um, I remember that piece on Anthony, which was uh, wonderful, that he essentially said that this has meant that a missing puzzle piece has been put down, of course, but I've, I've been able to shed weight, pressure, even aggression and anger. He seemed really transformed. Yeah. And uh, that that's just, uh, that, that went straight, straight there, you know, straight into the heart. Because I know Anthony can be a little um, evasive. He has his sense of humor, but you sometimes doesn't know if uh, he's, an, you know, he can come off as annoyed at various things. But it almost seemed like, I don't need to be angry about certain things anymore. This this is now happened. This is uh, now a connection. And uh, ugh. I mean, it was enough that uh, sort of 10-minute BBC piece uh, was um, that we saw a few years ago was uh, was a great... Uh, I'm going to try and look it up, the English subtitled version of that piece where Anthony met his, um, twin brothers even.
1: If you want to be crying for three days straight, check it out, Kenny. But you, you said... You said you're dead inside, didn't you? So I don't think you will. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you told me that before.
0: <laughs> no, but it was lovely because you 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 sometimes knew Anthony as this. Um, you know, you never knew sometimes. Well, you had him mood wise, uh, and his sense of humor is sort of hard to pinpoint. Uh, uh, and and he is not always talkative. If if you go back to the Beast Cops DVD that Hong Kong Legends put out. Is, is not that talkative it's it sits there like <laughs> ch- choose gum and... uh... <laughs> but but he loves um, he doing free for all free for- all improvised Shakespeare in English that, that delighted him because uh, the the piece starts with him doing Shakespeare in English just uh, to amuse himself.
1: Awesome,
0: but uh, but yeah, um, I don't have any other notes so here. This, this was a very worthwhile watch, so before I do the availability, um, do you want to share any other notes?
1: No, I think we've we've, we've covered everything there. I think, uh, yeah, it's a definite recommendation from me, and it's it's good to see that these two filmmakers that we're covering for the show can, um lend their talents to documentary filmmaking um and it's yeah it's it's a bit of a, a bit of an odd show and a bit of a odd thing to cover but um you know odd, odd things to cover you know a charity film and a, and a documentary but um yeah it's a really incredible documentary. And if you fan of Jackie I think it would you need to watch it and I think even if you're not, I think it's 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 a really strong story. Um and a lot of you know, historically it's it's very interesting if you know nothing about the kind of how the war affected, you know, China.
0: One thing I did notice though, Jackie apparently doesn't mind wearing a black T shirt and black pants. <laughs>
1: He was wearing his, uh, yeah, his 90s American DVD cover outfit. It's
0: either that he always liked it or that the marketing campaigns for the variety of his movies, the photo shoots they did, it it stuck. Like, I like this stuff. I'm going to wear it all the time.
1: (laughs) We, 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 We didn't know this, but, you know, Mabel Chung and Alex did all the photo shoots for his American DVD covers. We had no idea. We've uncovered a mystery right here, Ken.
0: Our, our only demand is that you, you wear your shit, like, uh, like you always did, for us. No, that was like, that, that wardrobe is, is consistent, like, throughout the documentary.
1: Yeah, and he wears this, like, amazing, I don't know why, you wear, like, a Cuban kind of hat thing as well at one point. Just so unnecessary, but so amazing.
0: That's the biggest revelation. Screw, uh, screw history and family. Like, the, the black t-shirt, they, he, it exists. He wants it, for real. <laughs> At any rate, as for availability, it is. It's been released, uh, the documentary Traces of a Dragon, that is. It's been been released on DVD in places like Australia, Italy, Germany. And the English subtitle DVD from Germany uh, was more readily available on the likes of um, Amazon. So you can get it very cheap. uh, and i know it's on youtube but seeing as this is available it is well subtitled as well you also get a a bonus uh, press conference from the berlin film festival that i think is ex- exclusive to um, to that DVD so uh, uh go get it because it's uh, it's worth your time because on youtube like it's all like part 4 of 10 or part 4 of 7 so uh, so you don't know if all, all parts are uploaded still so it's that it's that non- nonsense so go get it
1: if you're unemployed watching on youtube if not you need to <laughs> By the DVD. That's what I say. Uh,
0: but at any rate, uh, we're next episode, as we said, we're going with a solo movie. And uh, it's the first time in a long while we're, we're going to talk of a movie that Alex Law directed. The award-winning Echoes of the Rainbow starring uh, Simon Yam and Sandra. Mm. Have not seen the movie, uh, despite uh, knowing that it was an acclaimed drama. I think it was quite successful as well because it's a very Hong Kong-flavored Story so audiences responded to that. So, yeah, um, and, and then in the final episode, we're gonna go with a tale of three cities. And if a short movie, the story of O is still available online, we're gonna throw that in there. But um, we'll see if we can find that uh, again. So, uh, that's your little rundown of. What's to come as um, we're near the end of this uh, director's uh, series? Uh, But uh, at any rate, uh, for all your podcast on Fire Network needs, including the back catalog of uh, the episodes we've done on What's Korean Cinema, uh, sorry, (laughs) Uh, I'm all infatuated (laughs) with What's Korean Cinema, it's there too. But the director's series, you want to
1: be here with me? You got your mind somewhere else,
0: (laughs) Bong Joon Ho. What are you up to next? I love you. No, the back catalogue of the director series, including our, uh, our episode-long coverages of uh, this filmmaking duo, but also David Jack, Nam-Nai Choi, Kirk Wong, Ringo Lam, of course. That's all available on podcastonfire.com. I've uh, finally added some categories to each director, so you can easily find... The episodes that we did um, on each uh, director that we covered so far. I've had some great suggestions for what we do after Mabel Chung and Alex Law. So we're gonna go with some more action tinted um, filmmakers uh, that um, deserves a look, despite being action filmmakers.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, that's all uh, that's all uh, bread and butter, isn't it? But it's been so nice to kind of delve into filmmakers filmography that's a little bit different which i feel we have with this uh with this yeah, like it's
0: all new stuff from well it's been new stuff partly including here with traces of a dragon but the concluding run here is all new stuff for both of us so
1: yeah look forward to it but looking forward to it
0: uh, but uh, at any rate uh, hit us up on social media all the relevant links to that and the relevant links uh, f- connected to the show uh it's available there in the show post uh, for you but uh Tom, what is the name of the podcast you do uh, with Stuart? And um, uh, give the listeners a little short pitch this time. What is it about? What do you do? Where is it?
1: If I'm not, how long stu- is it going <laughs> to last?
0: How much money have you made?
1: Uh, if I'm not serious for at least ten seconds about the show, Stuart will probably kill me. So I'm going to try my very best. Uh, yeah, it's at theloggerlogs.com. It's on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, uh, Android, iHeartRadio, Deezer. You can get it by email, I think, for some reason. RSS, I've heard about that a few times. I don't know what it is, but if, if you want that, we've got it. He was absolutely desperate to, uh, to set that up, yeah. And we've also got the social media side at the... The Lager Logs, funnily enough, and we also have a lovely Instagram with lots of fantastic pictures uh, at the Lager Logs as well. Um, and I think that is about it.
0: Well, I'll, uh, c- I'll gather all the links uh, for the kind listeners so they can look and subscribe. And, um, and uh, you do a weekly show, so how has it been this initial run uh, during lockdown?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fantastic. It's been uh, you know a lot of a lot of um a lot of laughs uh, a lot of fun a lot of uh drunken shenanigans
0: how many times have you been uh, in need of a pee during the show because the <laughs> l- lager is so bad that it goes straight through you
1: yeah a couple of times this seal has been broke uh, numerous times since we started doing the show but yeah if you if you like the sound of two people descending into madness uh check it out but um yeah it's been it's been a really Really fun time.
0: That's a slogan, by the way. Two people descending into madness. People
1: descend to madness. By beer. Copyright. uh, TM thomas ken williams i think that's how you do it i think that's how it works um yeah and so we're just awaiting ken's guest box so we haven't looking, been invited episode either. 200 we're looking to do that we're on five at the moment i think 200 would be practical to aim for but yeah you can come on i'll have a few carrot juices with us we'll uh, we'd really appreciate it
0: sure i'll, I'll do that uh, no video no alcohol but um i'm good with that
1: so my two favorite things <laughs>
0: uh okay. dokie okay. there uh, we'll uh, do the social uh, media links and the links to the website so uh good luck on that and congratulations on uh, following through on something uh, that you like doing uh, which is talking talking to stew drinking beer talking to stew the podcast
1: uh yeah thanks man appreciate it we're having a great time so uh, i hope that um yeah if if you know if you if you'd like sound if you like the sound of it uh, check it out come and join us um have some fun it's uh, it's trying times out there, and I think we could all do with uh, a little bit of fun. So uh, yeah, come and come and party with us.
0: So uh, go from the seriousness of this podcast to the jolly jolly times of uh, I'm the a longer and lots.
1: Versatile human being. I know eh? you are. You know this by I now. Never come doubted on. that. <laughs> I think you did.
0: You 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 can drink for five hours. You can drink for one hour. You're very versatile. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks man appreciate that
0: but uh for the director series uh i mean can it be away with me was tom k w discussing traces of a dragon so take us out buddy
1: in what way what would you what would you like what, what way would you like to do it
0: I know, I know lockdown has driven you mad but a, a good a goodbye would suffice
1: oh is that where you are okay thank you for tuning in again do we do it i'll go i'll go into the log then logs then sorry man um thanks guys <laughs> I'm confusing
0: the show with what's Korean cinema you're confusing this show with the log logs like
1: no thanks for having me on as usual Kenny I had a fantastic time and uh, cheers for listening everyone it's been me Thomas Kent Williams and am my uh, co-host Mr. Kenneth Browson uh, wishing you good health and salutations goodbye